This is the Rush Life Podcast, where we talk about how youth sports impact our lives and the journey families take when their kids play youth soccer with your host, Richie Gray. Hello, welcome to the Rush Life, episode number two. You know, the number two is usually associated to harmony, balance, and love, but sometimes the number two can also be a symbol of opposition or conflict. I'm thinking that the number two probably fits perfect with my topic this week because opinions are very divided. As much as I would personally love for this virus to just go away, I don't think that's going to happen. So in this episode, I'm talking all about COVID and moving forward into the 2021 season at Florida Rush. I'm reading reports that show nearly nine in 10 U.S. adults say that their life has been changed at least a little as a result of the pandemic. That includes 44% who say that their lives have changed in a major way. Some of us have had loved ones who have become ill, others have lost their jobs, and all of us have had to adjust our daily lives. At a minimum, I'd say that the next six months is looking like a pretty bumpy recovery. I mean, let's face it, the virus is still not under control. Schools are not fully open, and I believe that there's still a lot of parents struggling to balance work and life. I do think that there's a real chance that someone rolls out a vaccine in the near future, but how are folks going to respond? Will it be fully embraced? I don't know. But one thing I do know, today everyone is wearing a mask, and unfortunately social distancing is becoming more normal. I mean, no one is shaking hands anymore. No one's giving high fives, and hugs are for your family members only. I mean, I know that it's for everyone's safety, but... I'm pretty sure that everyone would love a little more connection these days if they had the choice. You can agree or disagree with how the U.S. has reacted to the pandemic, but I think that everybody will agree that COVID has changed the way that we're going to live our lives from this point moving forward. And if you don't believe me, try sneezing in a public place and see how people look at you. If looks could kill, (laughs) you're in big trouble. So before I start talking about how we're going to move forward with COVID and our everyday soccer lives, I want to take a few minutes to talk a little bit about what's been going on behind the scenes for the last five months. Because, you know, I'm really proud of the way that the people on my team have all stepped up. I can honestly say to you that everyone on my staff has truly went above and beyond expectations during a really difficult time. You know, just like when the space shuttle crashed or 9-11 I can remember exactly where I was and what I was doing when I first realized the impact of coronavirus. It was March 11th, and I was having lunch with Joel Dragon, the new executive director at FYSA, for the very first time. We weren't meeting to talk about coronavirus. We were meeting because he had just started his new position in January, and we had never met before in person. So we decided to grab lunch and put a name to a face. While we were having lunch together, his phone was blowing up nonstop. He said, you're not going to believe what's happening, Richie. But I think that U.S. soccer is going to suspend all programming because of this coronavirus. I mean, and I thought to myself, I even said it out loud, Joel, there's no way that they're going to suspend all youth soccer across the U.S. You got to be joking, right? No joking. Sure enough, the next day, not only did U.S. soccer suspend all programming, But honestly, the whole world started shutting down one sector at a time. It was hard to believe, but like dominoes, businesses started shutting down one after another. At Florida Rush, we had to immediately adapt and start thinking outside of the box. I mean, like everyone, 
we didn't know if this was going to last for two weeks or two years. But the one thing that I did know was we needed to quickly figure out how our staff could work virtually. Plus, we needed to look for ways to support our membership while we navigated this pandemic. And let me tell you, since that time, navigating is exactly what we've been doing. We've been adjusting our plans almost daily, trying our best to stay ahead of this COVID wave. So Zoom meetings immediately became my new best friend. Every day at 11 o'clock, we started getting together online to talk about what's next. The first thing that we needed was more information about COVID. So we decided to take a divide and conquer approach. There wasn't a lot of information out there. So I started reaching out to facility partners and club leaders that I knew throughout the state to see what they were hearing. Trent started calling all of our friends in the Rush network across the U.S. And Jackie started reaching out to our technology partners and to the state associations to see what she could find out. While we were doing that, all of our coaching directors immediately started calling the coaches to see how they were doing and to make sure that they were safe. Plus, we wanted to assure them that we were actively trying to figure out what the next steps might be and that we would keep them posted as soon as we found anything out. We also asked them to get in touch with the families and check on them as well. Then we started mapping out what we could do to help our players. We knew that we needed to figure out a way to offer some kind of virtual training, but we weren't sure what to do. Facebook Live was one of the first things that we thought of, but truthfully, none of us had ever done it before. We started coming up with a lot of good ideas, but we still needed someone to execute them. Finally, Eddie raised his hand and he said, listen, I've never done this before, but I'm willing to give it a shot. And that's all I needed to hear. So we created the Florida Rush Facebook group. He got one of it. He got his son and one of his friends to help out demonstrating the skills. And the following week, we went live on Facebook at 6 p.m. Slowly, players started showing up one by one and all of a sudden, just like that, we were doing virtual training sessions for our players. Once we got that first session done and players started showing up, then everyone started getting involved. Sean started doing sessions in his driveway. Eric had Jackie's son there demonstrating skills in the garage. And Peter started putting together sessions for our goalkeepers. At one point, Pete had his whole family in the backyard busting a sweat doing drills. Everyone stepped out of their comfort zone and within a very short time, we were offering virtual training on Facebook four or five times a week. It was great. And it wasn't long after we, do, after we started doing that that more of our coaches started getting involved as well. Coach Alex Burrell started creating some awesome training videos that we shared with all of our members. Christina started pumping out new social media content on a daily basis. She was a rock star and our players were loving it. Parents were getting engaged. The coaches were getting engaged. We even had Ken and Barbie showing off some of their soccer skills on our social media channels. I felt like we were really firing on all of our virtual cylinders and we were turning lemons into lemonade. It was really inspiring to see everybody working together and it made me really happy. In addition to what we were doing, Rush National had created a virtual learning dashboard, which that was a great tool for us. It was a web-based platform that included multiple links to a topic of the day, player training videos, coaching education, fun activities, and quizzes for both the players and the coaches. The guys at the Rush National Office, they really stepped up to support the local affiliates, and pretty soon, hashtag Rush Rolls On was a huge success. So in the months of April and May, we continued running everything virtually until June 15th. That's when we were first allowed back on the fields. 
we were excited to be back on the fields, but we had strict return to play protocols. All of the players and coaches had to monitor their health daily. All of the coaches had to wear masks on the field. Players had to maintain social distancing and parents weren't allowed on the fields. We had to manage everything from the foot traffic on and off of the field to how parents drop the players off at practice. I mean, we were back on the fields, but for sure it was different than when we left the fields in March. The good news is that we were able to continue training this way through June and July. And luckily we didn't have a lot of incidents that required, we didn't have any incidents that required quarantine. So I think that the summer training was a success. And that kind of brings me up to speed with where we are today. On August 3rd, we started a new 2021 season. Everyone is still monitoring their health daily. Coaches are still wearing masks on the field and parents are still not allowed on the fields. Teams have been allowed to run small-sided game-related activities, but knock on wood, again, we haven't had any issues. So now this week, starting August 24th, we're allowing teams to start running full-sided scrimmages. That's another step up from the small-sided activities, but we're still not allowing teams to play any league games or tournaments with outside competition. We're going to continue doing this for the next three weeks, and as long as we don't have any setbacks, then our target is to resume league games starting September 12th. That's pretty much the same timeline that all the leagues are also planning to start the season. And once we start playing league games, we're going to track that for a few weeks. And as long as everything continues to go well, then teams can start playing tournaments again in October. I know that we have some teams that are chomping at the bit and they're anxious to start playing tournaments again. But we've decided to take a slow and cautious approach because We want families to get comfortable with being at the fields for games first, and then there's plenty of opportunities for them to play tournaments in the future. You see, since this whole COVID pandemic started, we really haven't received a lot of guidance from the top down. Our governor here in Florida opened youth sports on May 22nd. And listen, I'm happy happy that that happened, but, you know, I wish that we would have gotten a little more guidance on how to reopen. Unfortunately, this has left all the facility owners and the municipalities on their own to decide what makes sense for their region, which it sounds good in theory, but the truth is it sends a lot of mixed messages to the public. Even with us here at Florida Rush, our NTC facility is in Lake County and West Orange is in Orange County. So we have different rules for each facility, even though it's the same membership and the two facilities are only 30 minutes apart. So, you know, with all the bad things that have come as a result of COVID, I've also seen some good things happening. For some of the parents who can work from home, you know, they no longer have a commute. This is awesome because it's allowing families to spend more meaningful time together, which I think is great. And all of these conditions and protocols that are being implemented, yeah, they're inconvenient, but they're also teaching our players to be more accountable and disciplined in their daily activities. I mean, our home environments have become everything. It's our home office. It's our school. It's our place of entertainment. And for some parents, they're living their best lives. They're spending more time with their kids. They're eating healthier. They're exercising. And they're really focusing on the things that mean the most in their lives. I mean, that's a good thing. And at Florida Rush, I'm happy to say that we've seen 95% of our competitive players return into soccer. On top of that, Our recreational soccer players are also starting to sign up, and they're eager to start the new season as well. 
We recently organized three Friday nights for our recreational players to come out and work with our staff coaches. We limited the numbers to 120 players per night, and we reached capacity on each of those sessions. We set up designated areas for all the parents to be near the players, but they had to socially distance themselves from one another. And everyone has been super supportive, and they had a great attitude. Recently, I also started circling back around and talking to other soccer leaders around the state. And it looks like facilities are reopening and most of the programs are starting to resume again. This is great news because it doesn't do us any good to restart if we don't have any competition to play against. I have some colleagues at the SFM group. They manage 18 different sports facilities across the U.S. And since April, they've successfully run 112 different youth sports events with almost no incidents. I mean, it's great to know that the events are also restarting successfully as well. And lastly, I'm so happy to see that the numbers here in Florida have been declining for the last few weeks. As a result of this, I just heard today from Orange County Parks and Rec that West Orange Soccer Complex will be reopening for games on September 12th. So I feel like we're moving in the right direction now. Well, that pretty much brings you up to speed with where we are today. We're going to continue to monitor the situation closely and we're going to keep our fingers on the pulse, but we're also going to keep pushing forward in a safe way. We want to start playing the game again and getting to normal as soon as we can. Yeah, we still may have to adjust some of our program formats and there could be lots of reschedule requests. But listen, things could be a lot worse than they are today for sure. At least so far, everyone has stayed healthy. The kids are staying, the kids are starting to play soccer and, you know, we're making progress. So I want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Rush Life, and I hope that you'll join me again on the next one. If you like what you heard, please download, subscribe, and follow so you can be sure to get the future episodes. I'm Richie Gray, your host, and I think that's going to do it for now. So bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Rush Life. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and keep up to date, head over to www.rushlife.club. And if you would like to learn more about Florida Rush Soccer, you can visit us on our website at www.floridarushsoccer.com.